On this episode of the Autumn Winbags, it is the final show before the 2023 NFL Draft. We go over the worst case scenario for the Raiders and the best case scenario of the Raiders. What is Dave Ziegler's draft strategy exactly? And we love. Subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into nightmares. Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. RJ Clifford, Juan Soto, let's have some fun today. As you're listening to this, you're probably on a Thursday. Getting ready for the 2023 NFL Draft. This is a kind of like our NFL Draft pre-show in a lot of ways. Jacked for it. Excited. I got about two pounds of tri-tip in me. I cooked mm. six pounds right now for the wife's friends. So if I sound a little like sluggish, it's like happy sluggish. Because I'm just <laughs> chock full of beef. Thick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I'm so full I have to lean back to breathe. You know? It's like, oh, it's like all up in the top. Yeah, like it hasn't settled yet. Uh, so I'll like, push it on your on your sternum. I didn't do the cool down plate, which we've talked about so much. The cool oh. down plate is essential. Let me tell you. Tell me the uh, the old lady and I went to this. We like this place. It's like it, it's a seafood buffet type place, but we really yeah. just go for like the Mongolian barbecue because it's really good. So I did I did my Mongolian barbecue noodle plate. Then I got like, you know, the Texas toast and the tri-tip and all that stuff. And then I did the cool down plate, which was a salad and like some broccoli and carrots and stuff like that. And it worked like a charm. Telling you. Not only was I not bloated and full, I shit like a champ the next morning. It mixes in. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't. Vegetables don't stack. It's a thing on the top, so it keeps all the acids down and like. Yeah, like yeah, like like vegetables don't stack. When you go like, oh, I'm gonna have a quesadilla and then a hamburger and then a pizza, like it just stacks. So like when my dogs take dumps, I can always tell exactly when they got into our food because it'll be like a clean one and then like halfway through the same dump, it'll get like splattery and like, oh yeah, that's when the that's, that's when like baked potatoes. That's when they got into like my three year old's dino bites. You know what I mean? You can always tell. Uh, yeah. Cool yeah. down plate at the end settles everything. It works, ladies and gentlemen. It's like adding sand work. to cement. It's just like it's just like it's a it's like it's a combining factor. For sure, right. man. Good stuff. Yeah. So look, so not everyone's puking their guts out listening to the show, right? Everyone's no. Food. What I'm what I did today, I got home a little early, and I'm looking around. I'm like, all right. Plan out my snacks. Mm. I got to make sure my seat was just right. I made sure like the there's no glare coming into the you know. I, I got my my spot set up for the draft tomorrow. Nice. And we will do a live show on YouTube immediately after the Raiders make their first round selection. Um, if they trade up, we'll do it after that. If they trade down, we'll do it after that one. If they get two picks in the first round, we'll do it. So we, there will be. Not even when the first round's over, but after the after the Raiders make their first round selection, we will go live on YouTube, give you the reaction, give the ana- the analysis, yes, sophisticated dick and fart jokes that you're so the analysis accustomed to, and then stick to our social media at the Windbags on Twitter at the Autumn Windbags on Instagram. Every single pick, one of us, usually Soto, because his work schedule is better on the weekends than mine, will post instant reactions to each one, and then we'll go live Sunday morning for a reaction to all 12, hopefully more than 12, draft picks that the Raiders make um, this 2023 NFL draft. A lot to get to, a lot of fun stuff. It should be exciting. So this is, it's the lead-up to the NFL draft, it's like the lead-up to a presidential election. Like, the draft is super important. Like it's really, really important. Like it makes a good draft can make a franchise, a bad draft can torpedo a franchise. It can make a coach's career. It can make a quarterback's career. It it a GM's certainly a GM's career. Like a draft is so important, but because it's so important, the media and I don't mean to like 
paint all broad strokes with like the media, but you just get so much fluff and misinformation and the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing that I can't stand the lead up to a draft. Like it's, it's so much nothing. 99% of what you read, it's an agent of a college player trying to up his stock. It's the GM of a team trying to drop the stock of a college player. It's a GM of a team trying to throw a curveball to people picking above him, making them think they want to go somewhere else. It's just all bullshit. It's like listening to like Fox News or MSNBC leading up to a presidential election. You know who that, you know, MSNBC wants the Democrat to win. Fox News wants the Republican to win. And you just listen to their bullshit constantly. That's the lead up to the NFL draft. And because it's so important, I get stuck reading it and and like immersing myself in it. And I'm just dumber from the process. So I'm so happy we're coming to the draft. One, because the Raiders have 12 picks, and this is a chance to turn this defense around. And two, that means all the bullshit media lead up to the draft is over. And we can just talk about who we actually got instead of what we magically think may happen or what misinformation the fucking Chiefs GM wants to throw our way. Yeah, it... There's a couple ways you can like focus uh, your attention on these pre pre draft things. You can look at it like, okay, the Raiders are going to pick this player. They're going to pick that specific player, or you can kind of digest all the information to look at like different philosophies. How is, how is the team going to look at the prospects? How are they going to look at building uh, building their draft and and there's, there's a couple different things that I've been hearing, but for the most part, it's impact players uh, that touch the ball or that touch the quarterback. So I don't know that we're going to spend too many high picks on like... So like the quarterback's wife. Is yes, and the quarterback's She ball. touches the quarterback, yeah. Uh, but like... <laughs> Not our quarterback. No. How often do you think Jimmy G has to like handle his own business versus Never. some... Never. Never. Right. He's always got like a 9.5 in arm's reach at all times. At least, yeah. at least one or two. He rolls off the holodex and just pulls it out <laughs> whenever he feels like it. Uh, but holodex. Look, so, What's that from? Holodex. A holodex? A holodex? I don't remember. It's from somewhere. I just forgot. <laughs> uh, so, like, I don't see us taking too many in any scenarios where we take a, like a, a skill position player early. Mm-hmm. So that leaves you with touching the quarterback is a defensive lineman or a rushing linebacker. And someone who touches the ball would be defensive backs. So hopefully that's where we stick and we'll go from there. Yeah. It's uh, when it's just all just like bullshit getting shoved onto my screen constantly. It's just like, Mm -hmm. uh, just like, bothers me so much you know it's like like, why am i reading this like i know it's not real you know like really like all right you watch them play in college you watch the game film of them actually playing the sport of football that's 75 percent of what you need to know right there right watching them watching them play football in college 75 percent of it then you you know you see how they do in the combine all right let's get some metrics you know 40 time three cone that kind of stuff right that's like 10% of it. And the rest is like interview. All this other stuff is just fluff. It's just all fluff. And that's what happens when the, the most important thing, how did they play in college, is the furthest thing away, right? Like that's, it gets lost in, in GMs and scouts and fans' minds because it's the last thing that ha- is the furthest thing away that happened. What did we talk about? Was it last show? How like Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, like they skyrocketed because they're great combine guys, right? Man, like Levis, like who looks better in shorts? And, yeah, like who looks better in a shorts and in a, in a sleeveless shirt than Will Levis? Like who puts up better numbers in a combine than Richardson? So you're just like, oh, wow. Like, you know, but remember when they actually played football? Like that's what's most important. And so I, I, I have to keep like catching myself and not getting swept up in these week of draft narratives and forget, oh, yeah, this guy was really fucking good in college. Or, oh, yeah, this guy was really bad in college. Like, never mind these metrics and random shit. Like, wow, coaches are really blown away by uh, by the interview, you know? And there's 
And there's value to an interview, for sure. Like, there's, there's value there. But not more important than what they actually did playing the sport of football. So remember that, guys, when you're watching the draft on Saturday and you're happy or sad about whoever. Don't listen to the narratives. Don't listen to the storylines. Don't listen to the GMs or whispering about whatever. How well did they play? How good are they at football? We've seen them play football. How good are they? That's the most important part. Yeah, definitely. Like the the measurables and all the combine stuff. That's that that causes you to go look at more film. Like, all right, this guy's got a lot of good measurables. Let's see what he did. Maybe you know you're looking at a scheme issue where they're asked to do a, a, a lot of things that maybe you don't do. But you know, let's say a sec a guy from a secondary. A lot of the concepts that you run in the secondary. He's doing really well, but they're asking him to do different things. And when he's asking him to do different things, he is not as good as that. Okay, at that, so he would work well with you. And he's shown that he can play well, and he's shown good measurables. So, yeah. it, it there's a, a just a lot of research that go into part. I mean, Ziegler even said that they did 15 straight days of draft meetings. So they're going through the. I'm not. Talk, I'm, they're not just doing the first round either. They're going sure. like. Through the entire draft, talking about every single pick. Where do you see this play, this team going? What do we do in these situations? When do we feel comfortable trading up? When do we feel comfortable trading back? Stuff like that. So I mean, that's that's a lot of extensive work. And and like the combine and stuff, that all should just be an extension of what you already know, right? Like after the combine, like did we we knew Anthony Richardson was a freak athlete before the combine? Like we right. knew that. Like we were very aware. That he was a he was a specimen with a high high ceiling, we knew that. It's like, but because the combine was in recent memory, just a month ago, now we think it's much more important than how he played football, right? Like, that's what I'm talking about. It's just like, remember when they played football, all right? And so, with that said, our question of the day, most important question for Raider Nation. Pretend I'm Roger Goodell. Standing up at the podium in Kansas City, got a like a like a stupid like slight grin on his face. You know how he does like the side grin when he's getting booed. He's like, like ah, ah, this is great. Yeah, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, I'm making fifty million dollars a year. Fuck off, football hating pussy. And he goes, and with the seventh pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select. Let us know in the comment section. We'll pin this on top. Let's get our predictions. We got one more day. We got from now until uh, what? Probably six thirty Pacific time when we get the yeah, answer to that question. Five, yeah, seven picks. Ish. Yeah, probably about an hour and a half ish. Right? Like they'll do a lot of fluff to begin with, and then um, you know we'll pick number seven. And with the seventh pick of the twenty twenty three NFL draft, the Las Vegas select two. It could be anything. You can say with that pick they trade up. With that pick they trade down. You can say they go. With a high impact player, you can say they go with a positional player. You can give us names. Very curious, what you guys. Whatever you want, dealer's choice. Want. We're uh, we're we're a democracy here at the Autumn Windbags, right? For sure. So, let's go over a couple things. Um, it'll be a pretty quick show today because it's just like a one day show. Because once this the draft's done, like this show's gonna be worthless. Let's go over worst case scenario, right? Okay. Let's say let's because we'll, we'll do bet. We'll, we'll end with the positive. We'll end with best case scenario. Worst case scenario. What happens um, Thursday night with our first round pick? Worst case scenario. So here's a look at the picks. Panthers one, Texans two, Cardinals three, Colts four, Seahawks five, Lions six, then us Raiders. Falcons, Bears, Eagles, Titans, Texans, Packers. Lions and Bears and Eagles. Oh, my. Do you want to go first or want me to go first? I'll, I'll take a stab at it. Okay. My worst case scenario is we reach for a player at a position that's not crucial. Yep. That, that's, that is my – like if we go like, like a Skaronsky – like he's he's a guard, okay. He's not, you know, he's not. He's probably not going to play tackle in the NFL. He's going to play guard. And you could have gotten like an Avila or something in the second round, Zavala, like maybe in the third. Um, 
And are they going to be as top end good as him? But no, they're going to be, you know, pretty damn good. And uh, and when you have so many needs on the other side of the ball, especially if there's, you know, some playmakers still available. That'd be my worst case. Reach, reaching for player and position. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, if they go like a Northwestern lineman or something at seven, that's nuts. That's crazy. I, I'd be so upset, man. I that's would be stupid. so freaking upset with how many with how many holes we have on defense. And this is the other part too. Like, what do we always talk about? A draft pick has it's like a stock. It has a value. It has a it has a a currency, a metric of value. Now, what you do with it is up to the pick. Right, but there are there are crazy, insane variables with the NFL draft. We talk about it a bunch of time. Like you know how I feel about it. I feel like the draft is so draft much more shoot. of a crapshoot than people give it credit for. But there are things that are concrete. A rookie contract has value. That's why that's why guys reach for quarterbacks, and it's often a good swing. Right, if you swing and miss on a quarterback, well, it's because if you hit a home run and you get a franchise quarterback on a rookie deal, you have the golden goblet. Like that is, that is that. Yeah, that is that is heaven on earth. Having you know a Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson, a Pro Bowl quarterback on a rookie deal, right? Like that's okay. It's worth taking swings and potentially missing on something that awesome, right? The value of getting like a guard at number seven. Where you're gonna have to pay him, you know, six million dollars. It's like there's no value there. Like Pro Bowl, there's there's Pro Bowl guards who don't make six million. So it's like, okay, like let's say the Raiders scout out an awesome guard, and he's going to be a Pro Bowl guard for the next ten years, and he's the shit. Okay, like let's say they they got it right. Even then, the value of the pick doesn't make sense. You want a defensive end, a quarterback, a pass rushing linebacker. You want an ex a player that's expensive on the open market that's stuck on a rookie deal. Because those are the things you can control. Those are the things you know for sure. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It's like I'm more concerned with what that pick tells us that the McZiegler regime – is thinking that's another part too because this is basically yeah. their first this is their first first pick ever right like if, if they no yeah it's like so if they if they pick an offensive lineman at seven mm -hmm. especially like i said before if there's impact players available still defensively right at those positions right where you touch the quarterback or you touch the ball right so if you have some players that are still available for you there and you go offensive lineman that tells me that you're saying with a Mahomes, a Herbert, you know, a uh, a Russell Wilson with uh, uh, Sean Payton, uh, Lamar Jackson, and 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 Burrow, and and Bill, and uh, uh, Josh Allen, and and fucking Karen and Karen Rogers, like with all the, those quarterbacks in the AFC, mm -hmm. you're saying your offense. And Jimmy Garoppolo is good enough to outscore and outplay them, even with no, no matter what kind of defense you have. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Is I'm going to protect my offense and my quarterback because I'm comfortable with my offense outdueling all those offenses, even though I have a lack of defensive playmakers. That's what you're saying with that pick, and that's just not correct. It's false. Our offense is not that good to be able to outscore regardless of our defense. I don't think any team is that good. And and when what, with you picking an offensive lineman at seven, that's what you're saying. You're saying we don't need these playmakers, these high-end playmakers defensively. We would rather fortify our offense more because that's how we're going to win games. I don't see a Jimmy Garoppolo offense with a bad defense outscoring Mahomes and outscoring Burrow and Allen and all these other – these great quarterbacks. I don't see that happening. So more specifically, my worst case scenario is the quarterbacks that McZiegler are interested in get drafted ahead of us. We can't find a trade partner 
for the quarterbacks that are still left. And we've heard the rumors, right? Like, oh, they're into Richardson. Then I'm not going to believe rumors. I'm not going to believe that. It's all bullshit, right? Let's just say, let's just say, Big Ziegler has of the four, you know, of the four big quarterbacks, right? Young, Stroud, Levis, Richardson. They like Stroud and Levis. Fucking pick two, whatever, right? Mm, they don't around. like the other two, right? Whatever. Pick, pick two. Those two guys get drafted before, before seven. We can't find a trade partner, and we go like O line. We get like a Northwestern lineman. That's like terrible, that, I think that's I think that's worst worst case scenario. Because even if we trade down and don't get like monsters, like at least we're getting more picks on a right. team that needs depth and start. Like we need depth and starters. You know what I mean? It's not just like we just need depth. Like we need depth and starters, right? So if we're if we can't find a trade partner and the guys that McZiegler are in love with don't happen, we get like a lineman. I think that's I think that's worst case scenario. We waste number seven on like a guard. Because I don't I don't see where us taking an offensive lineman with the caliber of defensive linemen that are available in the first yeah. round. Because look, if we were at sixteen, dude, we we, we could still get a Porter at corner. You know, maybe like, we'll still get a Miles Murphy. We could still get maybe a a a a, a Cancy from Pittsburgh. We can still get a guy that's going to be a good football player on a position of need think about it at seven there is a there is a legitimate chance there is a legitimate chance that four of the first six picks are quarterback that's a possibility that's a real possibility right and so we have basically our pick of every defensive player minus two that's a real possibility and, I, and there's four that I would take if they're on the board. And, and we all know what those four are. It's, it's in no particular order. There's Carter. There's Anderson. There's Witherspoon. There's Wilson. And of the fifth is Gonzalez. If they're there, it's just it's whatever your flavor is, whichever one you like. But those are like the top-end defenders that are available right now. And, and, even with, and even with the two corners, and even with them, corner at that high of a pick in the first round the value doesn't add up great you know what i'm saying like if 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 it lands great like again no matter no matter what pick we make if they land like we're in a good spot right if it's a 10 10 10 year starter four-time pro bowler mm -hmm. it works but again you're you're rolling the dice on them succeeding you're not rolling the dice on the value of the position on a rookie deal you know what basically what that is like it changes year to year but you basically know what that is and corner doesn't fall. Now, I get it. These two corners are fantastic. And so that kind of changes the metric a little bit. But if you don't know quarterback or edge in the top seven, you're not maximizing the pure metrics of how the, the economics of first-round contracts go. Yeah, I'm not going to hate it. I'm not going to hate no. it, but it's not. You're not yeah. maximizing the position on that side. Basically, you're swinging for you're, – you're, you're choking up on the bat. And you're hoping that you can get it. You can get, if if you choke up on the bat and you swing as hard as you can. You're hoping something for Jimmy double. G never has to do. He let someone yeah. else do that for him. Yeah. So it's like you choke up on the bat and and you swing as hard as you can. You're hoping for a double because you're not going to hit it out of the park. That's what you're doing with an offensive lineman. Now, yeah. are these guys? You know, all these draft picks are they all crapshoots? Yes. But if you swing for the fences and you go for a guy who has production and who has measurables and who has dominated good competition. Like like the, the five that I just named, those guys are pitches down the middle that you swing for the fences because your probability of hitting a home run is pretty good. Yeah. Even though it's not 100% because you could miss, you could pop up, whatever. Anything can happen. But that, those are the kind of guys you want to take those big swings on, not on an offensive lineman at number seven, man. That's, that's yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay with being a, a, a little chicken shit and, and not – reaching to fortify my defense. It's, it's, it just doesn't make sense to me. It At seven, there's no reason to reach on defense. There, there will be guys there. There's going to be somebody there. there. Be one there. of those five players that I mentioned is going to be there. If, if there's like, if there isn't one of those great players there, then like Stroud's there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Stroud, Stroud or young is going to be there. Like you're getting, you're getting, yeah. Like there's just like, there's more than six players of like either, Top-notch quarterback prospects or game-changing defenders. There's more than seven on the board. It's that simple.
All right. Yeah, enough of the sadness. Man. It's just a basic, basic arithmetic. Best case scenario. Let's be happy. This is what we're hoping. This is what's going to happen Thursday night. We're predicting it right now. We are putting it out in the ether. Positive energy. Best case scenario, Soto. Absolute best case scenario Thursday night. What happens? Best case scenario, we trade back slightly. Still able to get one of those five impact defensive players, right? And we're able to trade back in late and not lose a lot of draft capital because we've got some draft we capital. End up, we, we still end up net positive yes, right? with what we, we got from trading first, back and what we get from trading in. we only get 10 picks, we still have two first-rounders, which is you want – you want those top 125 picks. You want to pick players in that. We could still realm. end up with 12. Like, like if We're we get more yeah. value from trading back, then we have to spend trading up. Correct. We still end up net positive. Yeah. Exchanges. That, that's, that is my best case scenario. And with the second pick, we either fill another need defensively or we do like a backup quarterback that we can develop. That's like probably going to be like a head and hooker type thing. Or we do like another – Maybe like like a like a, a Cancy or a Breezy or maybe even a Porter if he slips, like a defender like that that's still going to be a high end quality player. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's that's best case scenarios. We end up we end, we end up um, drafting twice, filling positions of need with impact players, uh, and not sacrificing you know the rest of our draft. Um, that's pretty close to mine. Like I'm saying, like we get to seven, and again, let's say there's two quarterbacks that McZiegler love and two they don't. The two they want are gone, and so there's still two great quarterbacks left, right? Whoever the, whoever the two are that they don't want to draft. A team like Lions, Falcons. I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's going to be. The, the Titans, the, the Titans, the Titans are desperate. They're like, oh, shit. 11, yeah. Will Levis, Will Levis fell to seven. Yeah. Will Levis fell to seven. Here's, here's the world. Like, let's say, the, let's say, let's say the Titans are in love with Will Levis. Whatever. Pick, pick a quarterback, right? Let's say Will Levis. And he's available at seven and the Raiders don't want him. They unload a boatload to the Raiders. First round next year, second round this year. We get their number 11 this year. We trade down, we get 11. And with 11, all that drama surrounding Jalen Carter, he drops to 11. Oh, Jesus, if that happens. And we get all, all the people that are like, because this is re- like, I'm, I'm saying like realistic, but ho- hopeful, but realistic, right? It's it's realistic Jalen Carter falls to eleven with all the drama around him. And he showed up like ten pounds heavier to um his pro day. Pro day than he did like plant. So like, you know, there's there's a little like there's enough there's enough red flags where I think he can slip outside of the top ten. We get him at number eleven, and then same as you. Like we get I do kind of want Hendon Hooker in the first round, just so we get that extra that fifth mm-hmm. that fifth year on his rookie deal. Here's my thing on Hooker though. I don't know that he has that much more room to develop much more than he is already. Dude's played a lot of college football. He's 25 years old. So how much better is he going to get? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> well, honestly, the question is I don't know. But the potential is high because he played in a wonky, simple, very college offense in in um, Tennessee. In Knoxville, right? Like he played in like it's – not, it's not an offense that like – well, replicates well to pro, right? So it's like, all right, is that all he can do? Or is he capable of so much more? We just, he just wasn't in an environment that let him potentially flourish in it. So, okay, I get that. But he was in a more pro-style offense in Virginia Tech, and he lost his job. Mm-hmm. That's why he transferred out. So yep. that's my concern is that we've seen what his level – now, if he can translate playing like that, into the pros and from what i've heard from what you've heard different players different coaches different people in the nfl different quarterbacks even have said joshua daniels is a a good offensive mind if he can figure out a way to make that style of fast break type offense work in the nfl with a handed hooker okay 
But I just when he's playing in a more of a pro style offense, like he was in Virginia Tech, and I'm not saying it was a pro style. I mean, it was a little bit. It wasn't as gadgety as as Tennessee was. Mm. He lost his job there. And that's why he transferred. That's my concern. I just want a guy named Hooker in Las Vegas. It's just too They're called people. escorts in the beautiful city of uh, Las Vegas, sir. See, I'm not going to let those hoe bags change the English language. Like, you're hookers. Don't try to like. Don't say like, oh, I, I'm a, I'm a master of the custodial arts. No, nah, you're a janitor. That's fine. Like, it, it's, 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 it's a fine job. You know, the world needs janitors, and that, that's your job. My brother-in-law is a janitor. No knock on it. But you're a I'm fucking janitor. Born again version. No, yeah. you're not. You're like, no, no, no. You're not. You're not a an a high end escort in Las Vegas. You're a hooker, and that's okay. It should you're be. Not, you're not a, uh, a a um, uh, a live performance artist. You have an OnlyFans. It's completely different. Hendon escort. <laughs> Hendon, <laughs> we draft, lady, it's gonna be Hendon one of our t-shirts. Lady of the night. <laughs> Hendon escort. We're gonna make that a t-shirt when we start. So for the we're, we're teasing it, but when this next season happens, we're gonna start doing swag. We already got a couple, but Hendon Hendon Escort. We should have like should be one. instead of the Raiders logo, we'll have our logo, and in the back it's gonna have his number, but instead of the hooker, it's gonna say escort. I'm in. Sweet. We got ideas. Patent pending for all you guys. Yeah, don't steal that shit. Patent pending. Uh all right. As a matter of, I don't um, trust these guys, RJ. Cut that shit out of them. Freaking, I don't trust right. any of these guys. You got to edit button that thing? Yeah. Oh, it'll cost you. What movie is that from? Let's know in the comments. Rise with Shmami Shmoy. So your favorite uh, mock draft uh, was The Athletic. Um, you have way more patience in handling mock drafts than I do. So you've, you've seen, I've, I've seen a dozen, and that's 11 more than I needed to. You've seen like half a century worth. And they had their latest one. Um, literally was released. We're recording this on Wednesday night, literally released today. And on this one, it kind of fell in line, right? Number one, Panthers, uh, uh, uh number one, Bryce Young to the Panthers, <laughs> two, Stroud to the Texans, three, Will Anderson to the Cardinals, four, Anthony Richardson to the Colts. Well, that's a little surprising. All right. Yeah. Five, Jalen Carter to the Seahawks. Doesn't surprise me at all. Six, Tyree Wilson, the Lions. They're pretty high. Legit. If they talk get about, those two guys. You talk about players whose draft stock rose like because of like narrative recently. That's Tyree Wilson. And the six overall? That's that, that's he's good, but like that's yeah. he's catapulted. In this one, we take Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback okay. from Oregon. Okay. I'm fine with it. Cool. I, you know. Gonzalez, so it's what's your flavor, man? I complain. Do you like pistachio or do you like you know pre uh, butter pecan? You know what, again, what, what, again, what, corner what? corner at that high isn't maximizing position positional value with rookie contracts, but doesn't spit in its face. It's not a lineman, you know. Well, uh, the thing is, you're looking at two two players that are so far above talent wise than the rest of the the group in their class. Yeah. Uh, and I, I can see Gonzalez being a, the pick because, you know, he's he was in a more pro style defense at, at Oregon. He play, he showed he can play man and in in zone, uh, whereas Witherspoon really only excels in, in in man coverage. Yeah. So I mean, I can see it. I mean, I'm and not, it's, and it's it. in relation to the pool you're picking from, right? Like you said, both those guys are so much better than there's there's decent cornerbacks in this draft, but those two are head and shoulders. They're, they're like they're the they're, a, so they're you, know, you know above, yeah. You're not gonna get someone equivalent to him like late first, you know. But in this one, they traded up at pick number thirty. They took Philadelphia's pick, got Hendon Hooker, they traded the Eagles trade number thirty to the Raiders for numbers thirty eight and seventy. Oh, it's deep. Eight spots, you give them thirty eight and seven. Ooh, that's a lot. That's all right. Whatever, man. You get two first. But I get it. You move back into the first. Yeah. So you get get that fifth year. I understand that. So, and and this is the other big part of this draft that's so important to us. Obviously, just the the people you get. A dozen picks. It was built that way for a reason. Ammo. Hopefully more, right? The other part is we're going to finally see what Ziegler is about with a full draft with First rounder, couple you know, second rounders. We can fi- we can we can get a better grasp of what Ziegler's all about. 
especially if there's some trades moving around, right? Like, let's say, again, best case scenario, Ziegler fleeces the Titans at 11 because they get desperate and they want whoever. And Ziegler's just like, grinds them to a pulp, right? We get a buttload of money, like what the, what the Bears did to the Panthers, right? Like, buttload of picks and whatever. And then when he trades back up, let's say in this scenario, to number 30 for Head and Hooker, that's not that bad for trading back up into the first. I mean, it's- yeah, if we're able to get more picks, because look, I'm not too worried about the three fives, the two sixes, and the two sevens. Mm-hmm. Can you find guys there? Sure, you can. But and I think honestly, a lot of the Raider fans out there, because we got like Renfro in the fifth, and we got like uh, Max, uh, in Max in the fourth, like that. That that's like common. That's not common. Those guys are normally drafted early and because we've missed so much early. We think that that's what happens. Like, yeah, people miss all over the place, but normally you're going to have a higher percentage around the 125 and lower. So you want to get as many picks there as you have. Bless you. Bless me. Yeah. So I, I, I honestly do think that we're going to I'm allergic to us thinking we're going to get pro bowlers in the fifth round. Right. I sneeze. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, look, to move up. We yeah. should we should as as a fan base demand that from our franchise. You find gems late in drafts. Like that should be like, look, that's what you're paid to do, right? You're you're a multimillionaire for for many reasons, and one of them is to find diamonds in the rough, right? That we should demand that, but it is hard. It's really hard to yeah, find pro bowlers there, right? It's 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 a tough job, and I think like that was always like. Uh, the good and bad side of the coin of John Gruden was, oh, I want a Gruden grinder. And that's how he ended up with Cleland Farrell at four. But that's also how he ended up with Hunter Renfro at five, is him looking for these these very, very specific traits. And normally it fell in our face. But when you're in rounds three, four, and five, it's it's worked a few times, right? Most of four and up. Like the, look, here's my thing. You don't look for a Gruden grinder in the first three rounds. Yeah. You get a guy who's a you look for a Rolls player. Royce. You look for you a look Ferrari. For, yeah, you look you look for that type of guy. Because I'll tell you something right now, and this is this I'm going to give Matt, Reggie McKenzie his too, okay? Because Gary and Conley, DJ Hayden, Jonathan Abram, Aver uh, not Averett, uh, what the fuck's his name? The idiot, Arnett, Cleveland Farrell. These guys were not ballers on their team. Were they good? Yeah, but they were like above and beyond the best player, even on their own college team. So they're reaching for these players because they have this mythological trait that you're looking for. What did they do? They fell in love with random stuff as the draft got closer. That's why I don't look They blew me away in the interview. They blew me away. And they're like, did they play football? Really, really well in November. That should trump everything. Recency bias. It's just, it, 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 it really, it just, it bugs me when people are like, oh, we have to take this guy. No, you don't. You look at the players and you stack them up and, okay, these guys are above the rest. These prospects at these positions are so much better than the rest of the prospects at the, at these positions you, we have to get these guys here because what's later is not going to be nearly as good. If you're looking at, like I said, offensive linemen, dude, there's good, good, solid, strong offensive linemen we can get in the third round, in the mm-hmm. fourth round. There's good players that we can get. And it's like I, I, I'm just really nervous we're getting offensive linemen at seven, and I would be heartbroken. That would be worst worst case scenario. I would be heartbroken, man. <clears throat> All right, so – we listened to Dave Ziegler's pre-draft presser earlier in the week. You did a live on it. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, check it out. But what are some highlights of that presser that bears repeating on trying to? Un- and Ziegler, to his credit, is pretty good about keeping his cards close to his vest. Like it's rare that you're just like, "Oh wow, he gave that away," you know? Um, yeah, he's a pro. I, th- I said it on the live. Just said, dude, Ziegler's a pro on the mic. But I think the the reporters are getting good at at asking certain questions a certain way, then mm. he has to give them a little bit. And I think he, he did reveal some. Okay. So the Maybe. first question that was asked actually was, do you feel, uh, do you feel uh, looking at the body of players, uh, you're in a good position to add multiple players who are going to be able to help pretty quickly. 
That was this season. That was the question. And his his answer was, if, if, you, if you kind of know what you're looking for, I think he reveals something in the answer. That's the hope. I think we're, uh, his answer was, that's the hope. I think when you're picking at the top, where we are at, at in some, where, where we are at, that bugs me. Where we are at in some of these rounds, you have to be, uh, you hope that you're able to find some guys that are going to impact the team. And selfishly, we want to do that throughout the whole draft. But I think we're in a good position with the number of picks we have and where we are picking to find some players that are going to come in here and have a positive impact on the team. So the things that I picked out were the, the impact players and throughout the whole draft, we, we know typically the impact players that are going to help right away are going to be in the first three, three and a half rounds. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that we're going to use some of our picks to trade back up, maybe not in the first round, but rounds two, three, maybe that's, that's what I'm thinking, or even just trade back in the, in, in the second round and pick up more twos, threes, fours. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's where they're focusing is, is the first four rounds, three and a half rounds of this draft, because they want players to come in and, and impact right away. And you, you can't, you can't plan to get impact players in rounds five, six, and seven. You're, you understand how many bodies you need, but you want impact bodies ASAP. So you're trading down from seven, but you're trading up from five and six. Or you're adding another two, another three. You're, you're adding more players that are going to make more of an impact on your team. Also, I think, um, like, here's the reality of it. If we stick to, to 12 draft picks, we draft 12 players, 12 rookies from the draft aren't making this squad. It's not happening. They're not making, they're not, all 12 aren't making the 53 between undrafted free agents, free agent signings. It ain't happening. What you're doing is you're casting a wide net. I think that's another part of what he's, I think it's also kind of subconsciously what he's saying as well is look, we're just going to, you know, we're, you hope you're able to find guys who are going to impact the team. We won't do that through the whole draft, but I think we're in a good position with the number of picks we have that we're going to find some good players. It's like, yeah, like last season, every single one of the uh, of the players drafted made the team, but they shouldn't have. Britton Brown shouldn't have been on the team. Like, there's a lot of like, like there's a defensive lineman that never contributed. Like, it was like it was a small draft, but they were they were just kind of kept around for no reason. This is the draft where they're like, okay, we don't have to be married to our guys. We don't have to defend every single one of our picks by keeping them. It's we got, we're, we're taking twelve swings. You know, we're not going to hit every one of them. Yeah, we're creating. We're creating. Comp- they talked about this creating competition. Yeah, we're we're going to draft some duds with twelve picks. You're going to draft some duds, but one of like you know, but we're gonna with all, with all of our five, six, and seventh rounders, we're going to get a good player in five, six. Like we will get one or two really good players. In rounds five, six, or seven, with well, whether it be in that round or we use those picks to pick in an earlier round, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it all depends. Now, this next one, this is the last one I'm going to go over because I think it's a kind of a two-parter here because there's two questions and the two answers kind of marry each other. Okay, so the first question was, what is the priority? What is the, the direction you want to go with the seventh pick? Okay, his Ziggler's answer was, I think the priority is finding someone who will make an impact. You want to find a starter, a starting level player at that spot. There's no doubt about that. You want to find a player that hopefully fits a need that you have. We're going to look at the best available players, but we want to look, have a lot of places on this team where we can add competition. So that's the first part. Now, this second part kind of kind of coincides with that, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. The next question is, what is the Dave Ziegler mentality of drafting? And here's this is this is why these two answers go together. His answer was, we talked about it last year. We're focusing on taking the best player available. I think where our roster is at and what to improve comp- and want to improve competition in every position that leaves us open to that. I would caveat that by saying, and here's the good part about best available player. There's a lot of different things that encompass that, not just tape. It's best fit for the Raiders. Every single GM says, Oh yeah, I'm taking best player available. And every single GM drafts to need. Every time, everyone, all 32 GMs, every time. Yeah, best fit for the Raiders, what do we need? 
Yeah, there's there's a, an awesome wide receivers that are available at seven, right? But we don't need that, especially at seven. We have other needs. So that's that's that tells that's me that's actually worst case scenario. Yeah, if, if you put those two answers, if you put those two answers together, it's like, yeah, man, we're gonna get best player available, but that best player available needs to be a a, a starter on our team. And how do you guarantee he's a starter if you have a very thin position competition there? Ziegler's drafting for need. He's drafting for need, for sure. And it just so happens this draft is deep in. Deep and just so happens we need almost quarters, every position. <laughs> second, secondary. There's some pass rushing linebackers that we can get that are pretty athletic. Uh, you know, there's some interior offensive linemen we can get mid and late in the draft. I just hope we don't reach, man. I hope we don't reach for a, a, a lineman or a position we don't need early. I just, I just. Not to say that these guys aren't good players. Like Paris Johnson and, and Skaronsky and Jones and, and Wright and all these guys, these are all good players. They're going to be good players in the league, I think. But how much do they – that's like us getting like – spending a lot of money on a, a, a one really good defensive player. Like how much is he going to move the needle from a really bad defense? What's the value of the position? Yeah. And, like, that, and that's what I'm worried about is – Maybe Ziegler's so worried about his job that he goes super, super safe. That's what I'm saying. Choking up on the bat and swinging a for nor- a Northwestern lineman that will certainly contribute, right? He's like, hey, he was he was a starter for us, and he played well, and he's going to be around a long time. It's like, cool. We could have got Will Anderson. going to help you have a top three yeah. offense. Like, then don't like we, we, we could have had Will Levis. We could have had Will Anderson. Like, we could, like, you know what I mean? Like, cool. Like, you got a, you got a guy that contributed. Like, you could have gotten way better at seven. You don't have to pick 25. You have to pick seven game changer MVP potential. That's what you're like. Defensive player of the year potential at seven. That's what you're reaching for. Yeah. You talk about having a balanced roster, right? You, you have to have high end talent on the defensive side. Where do you get high end talent? You get it in the high top draft. of the draft. You get in the top of the draft. That's where you get it. And if some are there and you need them and you don't get them, you're saying that I just want to win with my offense. If, if you draft a Skaronsky or a Johnson or a Wright or a Jones, you draft one of those guys at seven, the top 10 now, top 10 pick. You're saying that player is going to move your good offense into a great offense. This guy's going to make us great offensively because that's how we're going to win games. Yeah. And just it just doesn't make sense to me. Raiders and what win backs? God, please. I'm so nervous right now. My butthole is like, I couldn't freaking squirt out a freaking sesame seed. Oh, I doubt that, playboy. Bob <laughs> Rutherford. I bet kids and pets hate RJ. <laughs> You're batting 500. Pets love me, and it's the weirdest thing. Kids hate me. Babies. So if you're like nine months and younger, like newborns, they just fall asleep in my arm. One to like two and a half, like one to like two, immediately cry as soon as I come around. Just in tears immediately. Oh, JR. That was in response to my sister uh, going into labor the night. Uh, actually, she went, she gave birth the next day on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I was saying how babies and, and, and uh, pets love me. Uh, and uh, good old Bob had my back. Ronnie Pohl. Holy, holy. Oh. Uh Just me, Soto. Be foolish to, to jump back in the first round when it's truly that much of a drop-off when you get past the first two quarterbacks. So I say build needs, then find the quarterback to develop in round three. At best, then it's really no pressure to throw the youngster in. It's a few with a little training that might be better than the first two trust. That was a run-on sense with a lot of typos but i think i i think i get I what he's saying. saying yeah for sure ronnie's the man um you know i i understand where he's coming from i don't know that the drop off the, the problem is is we have nobody knows what these these um uh, executives and, and gms and all of them with what how they feel and these coaches feel about these players yeah so if they if, if let's say for example we used Hendon hooker as, as an example if Hendon Escort is a guy that they're like, dude, this guy, we can do a lot. He does well a lot of things, a lot of the, with, with a lot of the concepts that we want to run here. 
he does well with that. Okay. Uh, physically, does he check out? A ACLs nowadays are nothing, dude. They used to be freaking like, remember Ed O'Bannon, UCLA player? Yep. He was like one of the first players to get a cadaver ACL, and he, he was able to play. That was like a big deal. But like now it's ACLs are like, eh, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll fix you back up. OBJ has coming off of his second ACL injury on his blown out on his same knee, and he just mm -hmm. signed for 18 million. Like, dude, they don't really give a shit about ACL injuries anymore. Okay. Yeah. So he's going to be the new back. Tommy John. Yeah. Uh, Hendon Escort's going to be back. He's going to be fine. Now they're saying, yeah, this guy here is the guy that's going to be what we can do. He excels at, at what we want to do uh, schematically. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, if that's your guy, then go and get him, man. But the thing is, is you can't be wrong. And 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 I'll say this. There's patience for this new regime. There's patience there, but the patience is running thin. It's it's The patience is not going to last forever. There's only one quarterback I want the Raiders to draft. Better be who I'm thinking it is. After the first round. Hell yeah. No O'Connell. Purdue. Farva O'Connell. God. That's going to be the next year. If he gets drafted, we're going to have his number back. That's going to say Farva on it. He better. Say Karanrod. Say Karanrod. 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 You did we call this guy chicken fucker? <laughs> Koji. Beer Fest references. Another reason is why RJ is my favorite. It was uh, Super Troopers and Beer Fest references. That's a that's a it's it's crazy because I feel like they're both kind of the same movie in a lot of ways. But broken lizard movies. Yeah, the same cast, same style, you know, same sense of humor. But there's like a clear divide. Like there's like team super troopers and there's team beer fest. That's I love a lot both. of people. I love they're, them all, they're both awesome. Yeah, they're both better than the what was that one when they're on an island? Oh God, uh, uh, Club Dread. Club, yeah, that, that trash awful. one that they did. It had that freaking that that uh, hot twin in there. Remember from Sweet Valley Twins, Sweet Valley High. There was one hilarious uh, joke from that one where it's like they're on like the two dudes are on the beach and they're like sad and like the guy like goes in for a bro hug and he pushes him away. He's like, "Dude, don't be gay." <laughs> it's like the most like casual, innocent bro hug. <laughs> He's like, "Bro, don't be gay." That couldn't pass today. <laughs> for sure, a lot of things can't. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, please tell your friends, follow us on social media at the windbags on Twitter at autumn windbags on, uh, Instagram. And again, we will see you live Thursday night, right after the Raiders make their first round pick. And we'll be back live Sunday morning when the draft is completely over and we have a chance to like kind of get over our hangover and digest everything, like look at some tape and really so give nervous, you guys I'm so nervous. a breakdown of all 12 players in between then again, make sure you follow us on social media because we will be giving you updates on every single draft pick on there. We'll do it on YouTube. We'll do it on social media as well. It's a big time. And again, the lead up to the draft is over exaggerated and just a tidal wave of bullshit. This stuff, after the draft, when we know who we have, crucial, big, worth everyone's attention. Until then, knock on wood if you're with me.